It's Wednesday, August 9th, 2023, and... Finally, the Menzoid has returned to the Daily Roundup. Oh, and I brought a friend with me. Yes, my co-host. And let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, folks. Do you know that today is day 100 of the Hollywood writer's strike? And my co-host, well... She doesn't give a rodent's rectum. She is the she-devil with a sword. <laughs> she is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Oh, so good to see you again. My, my friend, my co-host, my, you are my peaches to my herb, and we are reunited once again, <laughs> Sheila Gunn-Reed. <laughs> That's right. Reunited, and it feels so good. Oh. Uh, you know what? <laughs> In honor of the fact that you were not hosting the live stream, and I just noticed it today, I didn't want to say anything, but we were not running the uh, David Menzies carousel of things that he says all the time um, <laughs> in the opening. Uh, we were running, I don't know, something a little bit more generic because we didn't have you hosting. So I have your gregarious laughter and clever turn of phrase welcoming everybody to the show. So I'm I'm glad that it seems as though the... Uh, studio construction has maybe not come to an end i think construction in toronto never comes to an end but maybe it's on hiatus for a little bit so we can use the studio and um i'm just excited to be back hosting with you no offense to my other co-hosts but i mean come on yeah we have a three-way bet going with the studio renovation uh, sheila what's going to happen first the rebel news renovation of the studio uh, the Eglinton Cross Crosstown LRT. By the way, they don't even give completion estimates anymore, folks. It's uh, whenever. Or the Leafs will win the Stanley Cup. Or I'll die. Uh, you know what, Sheila? My <laughs> money's on the Grim Reaper. I got to tell you. But you know what? I'm so happy to be invited back. You know our Efren. He likes to uh, put talent out to pasture, so to speak, every once in a while. And I, I thought this was just I an wish. excuse <laughs> to not I have wish. me come into headquarters. But you know what? I, I was never busier. I was all around uh, southwestern Ontario. Uh, part of the Odyssey folks was tracking down the um, transcast of Windsor. Yeah, we have a man who went from male to female to feline in order to get into a woman's shelter where allegedly he sexually assaulted real No, he should go to woman. the animal shelter. <laughs> I know. Send that you know guy what? to the pound. What a dumb... <laughs> I'm going back to Windsor, uh, but we understand he's like at the downtown Windsor mission. And we went there, uh, they called the cops, and boy, did the Windsor police respond. I think it was four SUVs and a pickup truck, one of which was driving up the wrong way of a one-way street. Because, you know, a journalist asking insensitive questions, Sheila Gunn-Reed, that's That'll a get calling every time. <laughs> Like, there's no that's other That's like crime a 9-11 level event, yeah. And, um, and I, of course, also... um, uh, yes, I did pick you up your Zin uh, in uh, Detroit. <laughs> That's going to be a story, folks. Uh, yeah. It's a banned product in Canada for no uh, valid no reason. reason whatsoever. <laughs> Just no reason. Like the more you dig down, the more you realize how stupid it is. So what David's talking about is the little uh, smokeless. Uh, they call them smokeless tobacco, but they're not even tobacco. It's just nicotine yep. pouches. So according to Health Canada, you can buy tobacco with nicotine. You can buy cigarettes. You can buy all the darts you can handle. Just suck those back and give yourself cancer or emphysema or 
any number of like respiratory illnesses, or you can get a lip of chew and you can just stick it right in there and just rot your teeth, rot, give yourself mouth cancer. Um, that's fine. You could do all that, but you can't say, okay, well, I, I kind of just like the nicotine and I'm not a smoker, but I'm a definite nicotine evangelist. I realize the like cognitive benefits of nicotine, although it is addictive, so is caffeine and it does wonders for how my brain works too. Uh, I mean, they give, um, nicotine to, uh, people suffering Parkinson's disease, um, yes. because it has such a strong effect on the way their brain functions, it's a benefit to your brain. And Tucker Carlson is a firm believer in this too. He's on the Zin quite hard. Um, but, but according to Health Canada, you can have uh, nicotine as long as tobacco is the delivery device by which you get it. You just can't get the nicotine straight up, unlike our friends in the United States who are taking a a much wiser health-based approach to this sort of stuff. Oh, but Sheila, even then, the way you framed it, you can get nicotine straight up, but you need a prescription. You need so a prescription. Why? Yeah. You know, and and, and and I mean, why is Health Canada so tone deaf to these studies that are showing this is helping uh, those suffering from Parkinson's disease? So it makes no sense. We've banned it, sort of. You just got to go and get a prescription. So maybe, I don't know, Big Pharma's behind this. Um, they oh, want yeah. their oh, quid the pro no. quo. Yeah. The tobacco lobbyists are behind this. Because <laughs> right now, and yeah. Right now, you can get your nicotine as long as you get it with all the cancer-causing stuff in it. it uh, that's fine. You can get it anywhere. By the way, this is a country that has all but legalized hard drugs. Uh, in BC, they have legalized hard drugs. Um, but you can't get nicotine without all the bad stuff in it. It's absolutely it's baffling. Ridiculous. And the final thing I was doing on my hiatus, uh, Sheila, as you well know, I was with the Tamara Leach um, book tour and it was fantastic we went from barry to huntsville to dresden to elmer and uh tamara leach is a gem she deserves the order of canada as far as i'm concerned i want to give a shout out to to the hildebrandt uh family um pastor henry hildebrandt is the main pastor at the church of god in elmer they treated us for a dinner it is easily uh, a lunch, I should say. It is the best meal I have had for this calendar year, and nor do I expect it to be exceeded by anything else I'm going to have in the next four months. Um, these are such generous, lovely folk. Yeah. And it breaks my heart, Sheila, that there are those elements in town, such as the trans community, uh, population two, by the way, uh, that have gone out of their way to vilify the Hildebrands and the congregants that go to Church of God. Um, it is absolutely despicable. But I want to just say uh, a, sh a big shout out to the Hildebrandt family. Um, never ate like that in so many years. And it was wonderful. And it was good to see you. So... That's what I was doing on my summer vacation, some vacation. <laughs> some vacation. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Tamira Leach. That's a totally grueling schedule that she is keeping oh, yeah. along with the person organizing her tour, Mariah. 
um, I think they're some of the hardest working people around. Um, it's, it's just, I mean, it's pretty onerous to just go city to city to city to city night after night. You can't be tired. You can't be miserable because people are there to see you at your very best. Yep. So no matter how early you had to get up to hop on a flight to get to where you're going, or in this case, I mean, in BC, they're using an RV, um, time on the road it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you didn't eat it doesn't matter if you didn't have time to sleep you have to be there you have to be at your very best because that's what people deserve from you when they've come and uh shout out to tamara because she's always at her best and mariah i i know you work behind the scenes but you're one of the hardest working people i think at this company currently yeah, mariah did a great job <laughs> tamara brought it every day she had people laughing she had people crying in the yep. audience uh sheila and also a shout out to avery who I now mm -hmm. say, uh, refer to as my cute colleague. That's what one of the uh, attendees called her. So I figured if I'm quoting what an attendee called her, uh, I can call Avery my cute colleague without getting in trouble with HR. What do you think about that, she-devil? I don't know. Let's keep her to a minimum. There's a fly in my studio, so if I lose my mind, if you see me freaking out and I spill my coffee, it's because there's a fly in here and it's driving me crazy. Oh, I, I thought you were just doing that runway model thing with your hair. But speaking no. of insects, uh, why don't we talk about the first story? That would be... No, um, we have to go to our housekeeping. Could oh, you just give I, me a you second see, here? See how rusty you I am? I was going to say, folks. very out of practice. Very, very out of practice. So uh, this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's normally hosted by David, who needs a little help today to get up to speed. Um, <laughs> and a rotating cast of co-hosts, including myself. Um, we are streaming on YouTube, but as you know, YouTube is a censorship platform. They've completely demonetized uh, almost all uh, high-profile conservative channels, including our own. So... Truth be told, we have 1.6 million uh, YouTube subscribers, so we don't want to abandon you. We still continue to broadcast there. Some of it is for spite, <laughs> but but also some <laughs> of us, some of you, we know you prefer to watch us that way. So we're there. But if you are, you know, indifferent to the platform in which you watch us, might I suggest you move over to Rumble or Odyssey. Those are two free speech platforms that both. Uh, don't care about your politics, which I think is great, but they also allow you to support the work that we do here at Rebel News completely willingly, because as you know, we will never take a penny from Justin Trudeau. How could we hold him to account if we did? So we rely on the support of you at home. So we do. you give us something, we give you something. So if you want to give us some money in the form of a paid chat on uh, Rumble, it's called the Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's called the Hyper Chat. Leave us one of those. And uh, if it's over the $5 US minimum, We'll read it uh, towards the end of the show. I know some of the hosts like to read them sort of as they come in, but I like to make you stick around to the very end, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, we we make a commitment to read the chats that are over $5 US, but we do also sometimes read the ones that are lower. And sometimes we even read the ones that aren't paid if uh, Yankee finds them interesting and sends them to us. So that's what we're doing. Um so before we get started on the show, we have a couple little housekeeping things. So uh, churchunderfiremovie.com, that's the documentary that I made with my friend and colleague, Kean Simone. He's our head of documentaries here at Rebel News. It's about the lockdown-resistant pastors and their congregations who made a stand for all of our freedom. Uh, we've we did an incredibly onerous <laughs> sold out tour of the country uh, uh, sort of towards the end and middle of July and then um, beginning of August. 
no, sorry, end, sort of the end of July, middle end of July. I'm losing track of when I'm traveling at this point. Um, but uh, back by popular demand, we have more uh, showings. We've got showings coming up in BC, and we've got showings coming up in Alberta. We're go doing like a south to north tour of Alberta. Um, and, and some of these events, Tamara will be there. You'll have to check. That's at churchunderfiremovie.com. So we've got one coming up in Surrey. Uh, I think that's tomorrow. <laughs> and then uh, a bit more coming up uh, across Alberta uh, as we move forward. So we start in Lethbridge and we finish in Grand Prairie at the end of the month. So, um, And you can get Tamara's book and find out about when she might be in a city near you at theconvoybook.com. Okay, I think that's it. Yeah. I think we're all caught up now. And folks, if you're sitting on the fence about buying a ticket, I can tell yeah. you if there was one dissatisfied customer... <laughs> I never met him or her. Everyone loved it. They stuck around. Tamara was signing books for hours, literally hours. It was absolutely fantastic. So as Billy Red Lions used to say, don't you dare miss it. Now, um, you know, it's fascinating, Sheila. Blackface really takes the cake, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> this he comes guy, out of the golf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got trouble on the uh, marital home front, and you know, I'm I'm not gonna kick a, a guy, even a guy like him, uh, when he's down. But I'm not gonna avoid reporting it because he is a public figure. But nevertheless, Sheila, he makes his passion plea for privacy during this harsh time. You know, it's a family matter, and then. He finds out, I presume, that after that massive cabinet shuffle and more polling comes out showing that the Pierre Polyev conservatives have a double digit uh, increase in terms of the popular vote, 10 percent, uh, that obviously the cabinet shuffle didn't work. It didn't bear any fruit. It's the status quo. So what does blackface do? Oh, I think I'll go back to the family and use my son and my daughter as props. And even there, Sheila, and I, I'm going to give credit where it's due, and it's to you, She-Devil, uh, you notice that he brings his son to the Barbie movie, saying that we're on Team Barbie, and they're dressed in pink, of course, and he brings his daughter, Ella, to Oppenheimer the next day. And, and by the way, nothing wrong with that. But I know what the unspoken strategy is, as right. did you, Sheila. This is, um, A, get people to change the channel, the fact that I'm still lagging in the polls. And B, I'm going to do my, um, you know, my whole gender diversity uh, palava with my kids, M namely bring a boy to a movie that ostensibly appeals to a female audience, I should think, and bring my daughter to a movie that is really macho. In fact, you know, we're talking Second World War. I isn't this the same prime minister, uh, Sheila, who's always bemoaning toxic masculinity. And I got to tell you, folks, thank God we had toxic masculinity back in the Second World War, the First World War, the, the Korean conflict, Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we're probably all wearing um, uh, pink watching the Barbie movie. And uh, the national flag of Canada is the uh, one that you see flying in uh, Beijing. Not that the prime minister would have any problem with that. Sheila... 
I, it's amazing, A, how tone deaf he is, and the idea that he would so readily use his kids as political props mere days after saying, please, please, privacy, our family's going through a tough time. Um, I can barely believe my eyes, Sheila. Can you? Can you barely believe your eyes that Justin Show would <laughs> use his kids as political props? He's been taking those kids to pride parades since they were born. To show off what a progressive dad he is, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's so shameless. Like, we're all supposed to be surprised that girls like sciences. I thought that ship sailed like 30 years ago, that we were like, yeah, sometimes girls are, are uh, more often than not, girls are good at the humanities, but sometimes girls are interested in the sciences, who cares? Apparently, yeah. Justin Trudeau does. And like, I don't know how long ago we decided, yeah, if boys want to play with dolls, who cares? Like, literally, who cares? Well, Justin Trudeau does. Um, he obviously, the, the unspoken thing that he doesn't realize he's saying because he's a total idiot is that there is a gender binary yep. and there is gender norms. That's the only reason to tweet about how your kids have deviated from them. You know, look how cool and progressive my kids are. They've deviated from the gender norms. That's an acknowledgement that the gender norms are by and large existent and normal as the as the title of what it's called indicates. Um, but but as Sheila, I was talking, if I if I can interject right there, should we be talking in terms of gender norms in the past tense or the present tense? Because and we've talked about this before. Unfortunately, with the woke social engineers out there, I'll, well, I'll give the example of my beloved Lady Menzoid. When she was a little girl, um, she pulled the heads off dolls, hated dolls, loved boys' <laughs> yeah. toys, hung around with I the boys. I got a STEM girl in my house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> climbed trees. She was the definition, the very definition of that which was known. I don't know if they use this term anymore. A tomboy. My Same. fear <laughs> is that well, those girls and young ladies today that exhibit those traits. The social engineers are on the phone to a hospital saying, uh, you know what? We think we have a man trapped in a female's body. Uh, what's the schedule for puberty blockers? Uh, what is the schedule for uh, uh, genitalia um, reconstruction? I'm, and I'm not making a joke, Sheila. They, they hop on anything that you know, supports the whole radical transgender movement. I actually feel terrified for those young girls in Canada and other Western nations that are tomboys. I think they're being eyed up and down by the progressives as uh, we got to do gender reassignment surgery. It, this is dreadful. It absolutely is. But again, it acknowledges the gender binary, right? The, the people who are pro uh, giving kids cross-sex hormones and surgery to deal with gender and body dysmorphia those are the people who are enforcing the gender binary because mm. once you stray from, you know, the the things that girls normally like, they say, oh, actually, then maybe you must be a boy instead of just you're a girl that likes those things. And these, you know, like the your interests as a female do not always have to lie within this little cluster of what society says is acceptable. I was one of those tomboys. I think I remain one of those tomboys. I like shooting. I like quadding. I like being outdoors and, you know, I have a keen interest in politics and, and, and nutrition and all those things that were like, 
you know, I, I like to eat mostly meat. Like I, I don't even eat a regular, like the female low fat diet. Like I, I don't like those sorts of things. <laughs> I don't wear a lot of pink and I, I think I'm fine. I have three girls um, or I have two girls and a boy and I, I have, you know, like I think I'm just a normal woman. I have a daughter who plays a contact sport. She is in advanced placement, all the STEM, the STEM stuff. Um, but she's as cute as a button and she couldn't be more feminine in mm. other aspects. It's so strange that these people are just so dead set on, like I said, they're enforcing the gender binary. They don't even realize they're doing it. The thing that they say doesn't exist and it's uh, a thing that they use to oppress us. They're the hardest enforcers of it. No, 100%. So, and what you're saying to the folks there, if they're going to give you a gift card, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, uh, you would prefer one for, oh, I don't know, uh, Bass Pro Shops as opposed yes. to uh, yep. Victoria's yep. Secret. Not 100%. that I know that for sure, mind you. No. The Farm Supply Store. The PV Mart. That's the one that my kids always get me because I know I can go there and I can get chicken feed. I can get gardening supplies, homesteading stuff, plus the clothes I wear. And, <laughs> they're all in the Farm Supply Store. <laughs> Getting back to blackface, though, I'm yeah. I'm absolutely fascinated in this, and maybe it's too inside baseball, but you know I think our audience would like to know too. That's my hunch. Um, these photo ops, as much as they appear random, they're actually very carefully orchestrated. Um, I am almost certain that would have been the prime minister's official photographer in the theater. And what I want yep. to know, too, is was the theater closed down for that particular performance? Uh, there was no members of the greasy public there to get in the way. And, and you know, God forbid somebody walks by with an F. Trudeau shirt. And um, thirdly, Sheila, um, did they take um, public transit there? Although I understand the Ottawa LRT line is about as reliable as the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. Um, or did they take the uh, eight SUV um, fossil fuel entourage. I really want to know that because he's passing this off as father and son, father and daughter going to the movie. Oh, just posing for a quick little selfie. Oh, no, no, no. There was a whole Hollywood writer strike of personnel behind this orchestrating it. That's what I think. What do you think? Oh, David, there's only one way to know. And it's my favorite, most boring thing to do. And that is to file for access to information. <laughs> I want the RCMP records. I want the PCO documents. I want the uh, PMO emails planning this. I want to see Adam Scotty's invoice for the photos that he took, Adam Scotty being Justin Trudeau's personal photographer, this is not just some random photo. It's completely staged. Um, but something else about this struck me. And I know we've dwelled on this a little bit too long or dwelt. I don't know what the right word is. Depends, <laughs> I think, whether or not you're using the American or the British English. But uh, last week I did a story about Justin Trudeau's nanny, right? And she was on the flight home from London earlier this year to the King's coronation without Sophie nor the children. So she was nannying on a plane where there were no children to nanny. And I look at this and I'm like, what the heck? Justin Trudeau's kids, one of them is at least old enough to be driving to the movies. <laughs> the oldest one, I think he's 16 or turning 16. He was yep. born in 2007, I think. And then the daughter is 14. 
And the little one is nine. Mm. Little. Like the two older kids are old enough to look after the little one. Okay. Why do we have a nanny at all? We've got two teenagers and a nine-year-old. We are, what is Sophie up to? That you can't take care of a nine-year-old. Uh, and we also are carting around Margaret Trudeau, many names. She keeps reverting back to Trudeau because that's the one that pays the bills. Um, what She also travels to help with the kids, but the, these are like teenagers. Um, and the other one is nine. He's not an infant. It's pretty self-sufficient. He could probably use the microwave. <laughs> like, honestly. Uh, so why are we paying a nanny to deal with two teenagers and a, and a kid that's apparently in middle school like he's grade five i guess like what are we doing here why why are we paying for sarah clark the nanny uh if they think they need a nanny they should do what stephen harper did and pay for it out of pocket oh listen to yourself uh sheila uh, i mean uh blackface not taking advantage of the taxpayer teat uh no chance and by the way you raise a good point um the nine-year-old what movie is blackface gonna take him to uh that's what i want to know we've covered off I the think two i bet it'll be the woke snow white Right. Or if the Flash movie, which bombed, is still playing, you can take him there. I understand the um, the titular role, the, uh, the actor that plays that is non-binary and is a bit of a jerk. Uh, he won't be invited back for the sequel or Justice League movies. He's uh, intolerable to work with. So maybe uh, that fits, um, you know, Blackface's LGBTQ uh, narrative. I don't know. But I do, before we go to our first break, Sheila, I do want to call you out for what I think was the dumbest thing you have said in calendar year 2023. Don't hate me, my <laughs> friend. I am, I'm the umpire behind home plate. I call balls and strikes. And when you said about the Barbie movie, couldn't Blackface have at least waited to see that on TV? But Sheila Gunn-Reed, you know that Christian Freeland advised Canadians months ago to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions. Give the guy a break. He has no choice but to bring his son to a movie theater to see the Barbie movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And I've seen, I've pulled his internet bills. So I know he's doing a lot of streaming. I don't know if he's doing a lot of gaming and pot and Doritos uh, when he's taking all the personal days, like four this last week. Um, you know, if you need that many personal days to deal with your divorce, why don't you resign and then deal with your divorce? Like, I think that's the most important thing that you should be dealing with right now. Oh, my God, this fly. I'm going to try to if I try to Mr. Miyagi it, <laughs> just realize like I'm not having some sort of seizure. I'm trying to grab a fly out of midair because I think my reflexes are far better than they actually are. Well, um, anyways, whatever you do, Sheila. Don't go into the teleportation chamber with the fly. We know that never turns out well. So anyway, why don't we uh, cut to a uh, quick ad break, folks, and we will see you on the other side. 
How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening. And it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't in some sense working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and is occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substances combating this man-made disaster. In a world plagued by conformity, where truth is distorted, freedom is a distant memory, and Big Brother is always watching. One man, Winston Smith, looks to break through his bleak existence. Introducing the all-new Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of George Orwell's iconic book, 1984. Now, more than ever, in the age of lockdowns, 15-minute cities, and World Economic Forum globalism, everyone must read 1984. Uncover the hidden depths of this literary classic with our exclusive illustrated edition that brings Orwell's haunting vision to life, reborn with a foreword by Ezra Levant and 30 captivating new illustrations by artist Paul Revoge. You see that Orwell is not only explaining what might come, but in my opinion, what's already here, even back when he wrote it in 1949, but much more so as we see revealed today, particularly with the last three years. Join the rebellion against conformity. Get your hands on the Rebel Illustrated Classics edition of 1984, now available at buy1984.com. Well, Sheila, I'm looking at the schedule. So much to get to. So why don't we talk about uh, Antifa, unfortunately, winning in Portland. A couple of members of Antifa were on trial, folks, for the uh, brutal beating they laid out on um, journalist Andy Ngo. And, uh, well, what can be said? Antifa was on their very worst behavior in Portland. They were intimidating the jury. They were vandalizing uh, cars that belonged to certain mainstream uh, uh, sorry, non-mainstream media journalists, independent journalists, such as our former colleague Katie Davis Court. And you know what? Uh, the moral of the story is, yes, might makes right. Uh, they were uh, they were found not guilty or not liable in that attack. Um, Sheila, what are your thoughts? Uh, did the jury get it right? Or was this, um, I don't know, the, uh, the results of clear intimidation. That's what I think. I think it's a bit of both. I think this is, um, you know, uh, I was going to say a crown prosecutor. I, it, my Canadian parlance keeps creeping in. But uh, the prosecutor in this, obviously, uh, you're dealing with uh, a very Democrat state. So you don't have a lot of will to prosecute this. And this is uh, like a civil case. So that's uh, so the prosecutor, I mean, this wasn't going back. Um uh, not a lot of uh, criminal charges came from the violence. So you're dealing with uh, prosecutors who are just allowing lawlessness. And then uh, so Andy tries to deal with this um, civilly. 
And I think particularly one of these people here is pretty identifiable. Um, and so Andy tries to pursue this. And you're in a state where it's almost uniformly Democrat. Uh, and then you have Antifa in the courtroom every day, intimidating the jury, it yeah. sounds like, every single day. Uh, and um, we know that our former colleague, Katie Davis-Court, who's now working for the post-millennial, uh, her car was destroyed, trashed. Just She was parked near the courthouse. And this is the goal of these people. You yeah. can't even be a journalist covering this stuff. And you will have violence committed against you. So you can't even be a journalist covering the violence committed against other journalists. And you, it, you're not safe to sit in a courtroom because this is what happened to her car when she came outside. They took, you know, like all of her personal effects from inside the car. So they have all of her identification and all those things. Uh, I, K Katie's in for a wild ride this next yeah. little bit with what they're going to do with that. Uh, th this is absolutely appalling. Um, and, what I find to be the most disgusting thing, if I recall correctly, Andy Noah was hospitalized for this. He spent time in the hospital for how he was um, physically attacked that day. Um, and this is how the Daily Beast writes up the article. This is somebody who spent time in the hospital mm. for, the beating, for the beating he got at the hands of a mob that's never been truly held accountable. So he had to do this civilly. He was struck in the face with... Uh, they put concrete in milkshakes and then they throw them. And I think he received a skull fracture, if I recall correctly. Mm. Like he was severely harmed. He's lucky he wasn't killed, to be honest yeah. with you. Not as though these people care about anybody's ability to live their lives or or safety. This is how the Daily Beast writes it up. Activists cleared, not Antifa, activists cleared after right-wing troll Andy No accuses <sighs> them of assault. Wow revolting unbelievable revolting but, you know that that's just some insignificant uh leftist rag uh sheila my concern is with the judge uh, i've been in canadian courtrooms where i mean if someone is glaring or smiling or winking at somebody uh, you're gonna get rebuked you're gonna get a warning cut it out or else you're out of my courtroom so that leads me to the question sheila was this judge just absolutely incompetent or was the judge scared or is judge also on team Antifa? Uh, this is just totally, um, you know, uh, a hometown uh, game, if you will, with a hometown ref, uh, because I don't know why that was tolerated in a court of law. I know it's the same in the U.S. You can't intimidate people even with hand gestures, winking, smiles, glares, you name it. So why wasn't this enforced? That, that's what I ask. Well, and even, even the bailiffs in the courtroom, like, for example, I've been in courtrooms reporting where the other side has showed up, like supporters of the other side, and they glare at me and they try to intimidate me. And I'm just there typing away, trying to do my job, trying to pay attention to what's happening. And I've had bailiffs come up during a break in court or even during court and say like, hey, are you OK? Like that person we've noticed because it's their wow. job to pay attention to what's happening in the courtroom. And they'll say like, hey, are you OK? Like that person is obviously glaring at you. Do you want us to remove them? And I just say like I, I, I'm too busy working to care about how they are trying to scare me in a courtroom. Um, 
but it's different when you're the jury on a case where mob violence has happened and journalists are being uh, having their stuff destroyed outside. That's different. You know, like if I felt intimidated, sure, I could grab a bailiff and say, hey, can you just walk me to my car or whatever? But they are paying attention to the courtroom. That's their job to look for outbursts and violence in the courtroom. Where were they on this? Yeah. This is a miscarriage of justice, Sheila. Um, mm -hmm. Forget about the verdict. Just for what they allowed during the trial, it is despicable. It is beyond the pale. And, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, it's up to anyone whether they want to continue. That I'm, I'm talking about taxpaying, law-abiding, patriotic citizens to live in Portland. Um, that was once a beautiful city. Uh, it is the proverbial you-know-what hole. And... Um, you see businesses fleeing uh, Portland, uh, Sheila. Mm -hmm. um, why do I have my merchandise being robbed blindly? Uh, why am I putting my life on the line, especially if the cops aren't going to come because they're political puppet masters? Well, they're all in on Team Antifa, too. It's one big group, isn't it? Antifa is the, um, I guess, the armed militia, if you will, of the Democrats. And as far as the... Um, you know, the defense attorneys, um, the politicians, the mayor. Well, that's just the legislative branch of Antifa. That, that's how I look at it, because when yeah. you see this preponderance of evidence being presented and, uh, you know, there's no conviction, absolutely appalling. And look at this uh, video. Look at this video as I'm talking. Where the heck are the cops? This is like, uh, that's why I call Portland like the Antifa Caliphate, because they are in charge. This is like their spiritual Mecca, where they are in charge. They run the show. They get to do whatever they want. They are in charge of all the institutions, academia, policing, uh, the legislative branch. They are in charge. This is their caliphate. And I can't believe this is happening in the United States. Neither can I. Uh, but it's a part of the United States that really doesn't resemble uh, the United States anymore. You nailed it. Where are the cops? Uh, what, they were maybe told to stand down? Is that it? Or they just don't have it in them uh, to get their hands dirty by, oh, I don't know, protecting somebody's First Amendment rights? Uh, absolutely yeah. despicable. Uh, so that was just a sham as far as I'm concerned, Sheila, what happened in Portland. And... Um, I don't know, uh, do we have any information if this can be appealed or not? I'm not sure what the next steps are. Uh, I imagine you just can't let this lie. Uh, I mean, this was a very expensive proposition for Andy No. Uh, he's just a regular person. He's a journalist. I don't know exactly what Post Millennial is doing mm -hmm. for him. Um, but uh, I'm sure, I'm sure if he wants to appeal this or further pursue this, I'm sure there's public will to help him there. Um, David, we should bump ahead. We should bump ahead and talk about uh, the Competition Bureau. Oh, yeah. Because I just got an update from my friend Lise. That's why I was on my phone. I wasn't ignoring David. I was working on the next segment um, because, uh, as people know, Facebook, Meta, uh, has decided to block uh, Canadian news content from their platform in a response to Justin Trudeau's shakedown, forcing uh, the new or forcing the social media companies to pay for every link that is shared from a news organization. They have to pay the news organization, which doesn't make any sense because 
you get to distribute your content widely for free yep. <laughs> on social media. And if you have a wider reach, then you get to charge bigger ad dollars. Like, that's it increases your ad revenue, right? If you're able to say like, hey, we reached 2 million people on Monday. Well, then all of a sudden that puts you in a different tier of advertising, right? Um, but in response to the shakedown, they've blocked uh, Canadian news content and not even news content. Key and Simone published a promo for Church Under Fire just now. I'm going to drop this in the live stream uh the live stream chat guys. Um, he published it to his personal Facebook page. It's a promo for church under fire, which has its own website. It is a project of rebel news, but it is a documentary <laughs> that we've made. It's not a news report. It's a documentary. And my friend Lee said, uh, Sheila, Oh my God. Uh, and this was, so he published this on the third. I liked it then and shared it then. But between then and now, it's even the promo isn't available in Canada, thanks to Justin Trudeau's attempted shakedown of Facebook. That, that's stunning, Sheila. And you know what? I can't remember, and I'm going through all my decades on this planet, I can't remember a piece of federal government legislation that has so completely backfired, that has been this disastrous. Um, Clearly, the blackface liberals don't have a plan B. They just don't. They thought the Silicon Valley tech giants were going to be, well, I don't know, like their puppets in the mainstream media, the trained seals going, yes, sir, how high do you want us to jump? Um, what they don't realize, and I think this is the bigger picture, Sheila, these multi-billion dollar, um, some of them heading to the trillion dollar revenue mark, uh, Silicon tech giants, um, they really don't give the proverbial rodents rectum about Canada, but if they acquiesce to this legislation and start paying out media outlets, I think their main worry, Sheila, is the approximately 200 countries around the world, especially the big ones, that will ask for a similar payout. And then suddenly you're going to see a bit of erosion on the bottom line. So um, if this is hurting them a tiny bit uh, in the here and now in terms of uh, censoring Canadian news. They don't care. It's, they're no. looking at the bigger picture. They're looking at the long game. And blackface better think of something to do because I, if this is a game of chicken, uh, big tech ain't changing lanes anytime soon, Sheila. No. And so the media companies who can no longer share their content on Facebook, instead of having their problem with Justin Trudeau meddling in the free press uh, because they will be the beneficiaries of the shakedown, they're now picking a fight with Facebook. Instead of saying, Justin Trudeau, what are you doing? Let's just go back to how it was. We were able to share our content widely. We were able to get readership because Facebook, I think, is where people consume the most news. It's an, a bit of an older demographic, and it just seems a little bit longer form. Um, instead of saying to them, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Why, this wasn't broke. Why did you try to fix it? They are taking... Uh, the social media companies, particularly Facebook, to the Competition Bureau, complaining to the Competition Bureau that Facebook is the bad guy for not complying with the shakedown. Basically, they want to force Facebook to operate in Canada. 
And Which Sheila, is b- the wildest thing. Like you can't force a company to operate in Canada. That's what they want to do. Um, and there's another layer to this, but I'll let you give your comments first before we move on to the minister in charge of the Competition Bureau, what he has to say. But Sheila, uh, the Competition Bureau, I've, I've covered uh, this bureau uh, in yesterday. Uh if you're to look into the dictionary and look for the definition of toothless tiger, uh, you would see uh, the logo for the Competition Bureau of Canada. But having said that, say they go ahead with investigation, say they side on the, the part of big media companies in Canada, uh, then what? What are they going to do? Uh, how are they going to enforce anything, uh, let alone a fine, to uh, the Silicon Valley big tech giants. I mean, this is inexplicable. What I'm saying is that if the media companies in Canada even get a win on the Competition Bureau, what does that do at all to move the needle, Sheila? Well, and the Competition Bureau, like their mandate is to make sure that there's no such thing as false advertising. Like that you can't make claims that um, this crystal cures cancer. So buy this crystal. That's usually their mandate. I don't know what they're doing here, but what will ultimately come of this? If the media giants with their misplaced outrage actually get a win at the competition bureau. And I'll tell you why I think that might actually happen. Facebook's going to pull out of Canada altogether. And us Canadians, we're not going to have Facebook accounts. We just aren't unless we use a VPN. That's the only way because Facebook is going to say, well, I'm not going to operate on, on your terms. We just won't operate here at all. I'm not paying the shakedown. Sorry, 40 million Canadians, you don't get Facebook accounts. That's what ultimately will happen here if these people continue to pursue Justin Trudeau's blackmail on behalf of failing media companies. You know, Shelley, you raise a uh, point here that I never considered. What if the Competition Bureau actually has an investigation? And when they table the report, they go, yeah, we found out who the villain is. It's you, Blackface. This is (laughs) terrible legislation. You've screwed up the free market when it comes to media. Uh, We strongly suggest that you withdraw this legislation and go back to the status quo or replace it with something else. um, Because... Uh, I don't, you know, even if they rule, like I said, uh, Sheila, in favor of the media companies in Canada, uh, I don't see it changing anything. No, not really. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting as like somebody who hates both the social media companies and the government (laughs) to to see my enemies sort of tearing each other apart. And I'm just sort of standing (laughs) back over here waiting for somebody to win. Um, But it's interesting to, to note that the social media companies were fine with Justin Trudeau's censorship, it's the shakedown they didn't like. They were happy to say, okay, Health Canada says that you can't uh, claim that vaccines don't stop the spread of COVID, which they definitely don't based on how many boosters Justin Trudeau has and how many times he had COVID anytime somebody who was mean to him came near him. Um, You couldn't make that claim. And that was sort of based on, you know, governmental advice. Uh, I have documents and I publish stories about like all the times that the government made requests to social media companies to take down just random users posts because they ran afoul of the government's narrative on COVID. Mm. Social media companies were fine with all of that. It's the shakedown 
they don't like. So they're still liberal and awful and censorious. They just don't want uh, to uh, have money taken out of their pockets. That's all they care about. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, just let's sit down in the front row with a nice big box of popcorn and a soda. And uh, it goes back to how we started the show. Who cares that there's a Hollywood writer's strike? This sort yeah, of I don't... stuff. <laughs> this reality TV, real reality TV is more entertaining than anything any uh, writer on Sunset Boulevard could ever dream of. But Sheila, you yeah, know, Yeah, I'm should... still watching X-Files. I don't care about modern TV. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. Um, before we move on, though, we should know, because we have to hit everything in the YouTube headline, and the next thing is trans rugby. Um, uh oh Yeah. Uh, I think that's everything in the YouTube headline. We're rapidly running out of time and I have to, we have things to do right after this together. So Michael Geist um, points out on Twitter that Minister Champagne, he's the minister responsible for the Competition Act and reviewing the mandate of the Commissioner of the Competition Bureau expressed his full support for the application currently before the Bureau against Facebook. Now, all of a sudden, Minister Champagne realized wait that i'm supposed to have a perception of un like not being biased in cases before the competition bureau um and so he deleted his tweets after the fact after it was sort of <laughs> pointed out that you're like that you're kind of that's beyond your mandate um <laughs> to be meddling in the middle of these cases and i pointed out Frankly, uh, friend, uh, Minister Champagne should resign yeah. um, because Jean Charest in 1990, this should tell you how old I am and how long I've been paying attention to politics. I think it was 11 at the time. But uh, Jean Charest resigned from, uh, I think he was the minister of amateur sport or something. And he had called the judge on a case that was relating to amateur sport, like so mm. inconsequential in the national scheme of things. Yeah. But he had called the judge involved and just placed a phone call. And the perception of using improper influence forced him to resign from cabinet in 1990. And so I, I don't make the rules, but these are the, this is the precedent that's set. So, um, and of something, and it happened on something that was just like, like who cares? Right. But, uh, except for the people involved. But this is like the ability of Canadians to consume news. A case is before the Competition Bureau and the minister in charge of the Competition Bureau is like, throw the book at them, Competition Bureau Commissioner. Like, what? <laughs> they really don't know what they're doing, Sheila. Not and a clue. They, Not a clue. And um, surprisingly somewhat, uh, they don't have an exit strategy. So the only question is, how does this end? When does blackface finally bend the knee concede defeat? Um, or is this just going to go on until the next election? Uh, I don't know. But uh, it's staggering to watch for sure. It's funny how they have no idea how uh, <laughs> conflicts of interest work, like zero, like yeah. absolutely none. Um, but I guess the fish rots from the head down, right? Like Justin Trudeau has no idea either. So why are these guys going to care? Yeah. Incredible. So you mentioned rugby, something near and dear to my heart recently, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Yeah, me too. Um, tell us, just give us a little bit of a hint at what you're working on going forward. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to give all you live stream viewers a sneak peek at 
our latest rugby story. I'm going to record it later today. So this is more than fresh off the press. The ingredients are still being uh, brewed. Uh, as you know, folks, there is a, I would call him a misogynist, um, perhaps mentally ill, but it is a man who identifies as a lesbian who is playing rugby <laughs> with the Fergus Highlanders women's team when he used to play for the Fergus Highlanders men's team. Uh, this ain't no bench warmer. He was awarded at the team's banquet uh, the hardest hitter uh, trophy. Um, he showed up to receive it wearing a blue dress and a cricket bat. Um, yeah, I know. I'm kind of getting a Buffalo Bill Silence of the Lambs vibe here too, folks. But the amazing thing is when the first story uh, broke, when Efren and I went on J uh, July 22nd to cover this, a lot of people weighed in. Um, why didn't you ask uh, members of the opposing team a lot of them we did off camera and near the change room area, we offered members of the opposing team to come on camera. That would be the ladies from Burlington and uh, every one of them declined. Then we went back the following week, uh, Saturday, July 29th. It was uh, Fergus in a playoff game against Waterloo. And this time I made it an extra special uh, mission of mine to go to the Waterloo players, the opposition, and I can tell you this, folks, uh, the majority, it would appear to me, were on Team Ash Davis. Now, Fergus, as far as I'm concerned, they have a bioweapon, literally, against the Waterloo woman. These are the potential victims. He is routinely hurting real biological females. Why is the potential victim group going to bat for him? Now, there were ones and twos of the, um, of the Waterloo rugby woman. By the way, there's a there's the photo of this lunatic. Look at that. Unbelievable. Honestly, I like the dress. <laughs> I yeah, like too. I like the dress. I like the high neckline. <laughs> but, you know, it looks like but not on a dude. <laughs> I swear, Sheila. I think it's been taken from Christian Freeland's wardrobe. Doesn't she have a number kind of like that? But at least I'll give Ash Davis some props. His fits properly, and it anyway, hits below the knee. Uh, like so the, the Waterloo knee. woman that weren't giving us the finger and weren't yelling trans rights or women rights and weren't doing this pointing to their wrists. I didn't know what they were doing when they were doing that. And then I looked closely later and oh my gosh, they're wearing the baby blue, pink and white uh, band uh, to represent the trans community. That's why they were pointing at their wrists saying, we're all in on this uh, misogyny. And then I spoke to a source and she sent along an email that all these Windsor players, all these women received from the president of the Waterloo County Rugby Club. His name is Josh Windsor. And folks, it's absolutely stunning. And it all made sense why the other women who are against this are not coming forward. Because yep. Mr. Windsor goes into the, you know, the whole preamble of, you know, trans inclusion and human rights and all that other nonsense in um, endorsing this. And then he delivers a two prong threat to the Waterloo players. One, if you have any kind of dissenting opinion about Ash Davis being there, uh, you're going to be taken off the team. You're fired. OK. Oh, and two, if Mr. Windsor, in his esteemed wisdom, deems that your complaint about Ash Davis is hateful, he's going to call the Waterloo Regional Police. 
I wish I was making this up, folks. For what? Yeah, I know. But like, for what? Oh, <laughs> Sheila, with some of the police. Hi, I'd like to report a, someone hurt my feelings by telling me reality. Like, I want to see, open a file, officer. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you, you make a good point there, uh, Sheila. I don't think he specified Waterloo Region. He just said police. So I don't know if he means the Waterloo Regional Police, the OPP, or the Thought Police. Maybe he thinks 1984 is still a thing. This is him being mollycoddled, by the way, uh, by his teammates. Uh, he defaults to the uh, victimized uh, female stereotype. Then this bruiser. Do you know what? I want to stop a... you right there. Yep. I remember in your video that broad. Uh, complaining about, oh, you're doing this in front of my kids, but you can very clearly see them using the children as a human shield. Yeah. Like they sort of push the kids and bring the kids out. Like if my kids are in danger, if I felt like my kids were in danger or going to see something they shouldn't see, the first thing I do is grab my kids and get them out of that situation. Yep. Instead, did you see what these people did? Yep. They're letting these little ones just wander in between this confrontation, yep. thinking that um, th it will stop the criticism by, can't you see there's little ones here? No, th those are your little ones. Get them out of there if you don't want them to see this. 100%. And there's the mother right there. There is yeah. the woman that identified I herself. I wouldn't be there. If I thought yeah. that there was a confrontation happening my kids didn't need to see, I'd be in the car. You, you would not be exposing my kids to any of this, but she's happy to have little kids wandering around while she screams at the top of her lungs. It's unbelievable. So this Josh Windsor, he is a woke wimp. He is a censorious thug and he's a bully, Sheila, threatening yeah, to sure. kick women off the team and threatening Bullying to call women. the police on them. And here's the thing here. I'm going to tie it up in a little bow. I'd love to be there when the police show up and say, what's going on here? And the woman say, well, we are standing up for the international guidelines prescribed by the international governing body, World Rugby in the UK. World Rugby, uh, to its credit, three years ago, I think it might yeah. have been the first sports uh, governing it body, was. Sheila, yeah. to take a stance on transanity. A trans woman, meaning a fake woman, uh, someone who's really a man, cannot play on a uh, against real woman, period. So you're gonna throw uh, a female rugby player into the slammer for advocating the rules of the international governing body? Please, Sheila, your daughter, uh, Riley, plays rugby. Can you make sense of this to me? Because my head's about to explode. She's gonna end up in jail. <laughs> Canada 2030. <laughs> the poor thing's gonna be in jail. Um, but. There are no laws where you will be incarcerated so far. I mean, I don't want to give the liberals any ideas. Um, I mean, you can get hate crimed or like hate speeched. But to say, I'd like to file a complaint because somebody called me a biological male when I'm a biological male. Yeah. I, imagine thinking that that was a thing that you could do here in Canada. The sense of entitlement that these people have permeates through every aspect of their lives. They are entitled to play against your daughters. They're entitled to take away your daughter's opportunities. They're entitled to hurt your daughters if that's what it takes. They're entitled to force their words, their language into your mouth and force you to say it. And they are entitled to turn their feelings into law. 
Yep. It's absolute narcissism. And Sheila, one more point I want you and our audience to ponder, and it's this. Say you're all down with the trans revolution. Say you believe that trans women are real women, that non-binary players should get to play with biological females, that a man can identify as a lesbian, and who are we to say he's not? Say you buy into all that woke rubbish. Don't you think that there might be one, two, a dozen, a hundred men out there with nefarious intentions that, you know, they're pretending to be a woman. They're not trans. They're not uh, non-binary. They are just grifters that couldn't make the men's team and they want to play uh, rugby somewhere and it's the females or better yet, um, they're real losers in the dating world. And if I play rugby, wow, I'll be able to unintentionally air quotes, grope some of my opponents. Has that ever crossed their mind that they might be running into some really bad dudes that aren't telling the truth and they have an ulterior motive? Does that ever cross their minds? I don't think it does, Sheila. They're so indoctrinated, they can't even think outside the box anymore. No, we are only allowed to presume nefarious intentions on what they call cisgender people. Yeah. All everybody else on the other side of this, they are completely benevolent. They're like, um, like wood spirits. They only mean you well. And you know how how dare we take precautions as women to protect our safety? As the smaller sex, uh, we don't get to protect our safety or our privacy. We get to have it violated to endorse somebody else's uh, delusions or feelings about themselves. I get to risk all that for them. Well, Sheila, two things. Please, never again in our lifetime ever refer to heterosexuals as cisgender. I hate no, that I, no, term. No, I don't. I it's, hate it, too. Yeah, it it's sounds like horrible sissy. language. Yeah. And, no, uh, it, it is to other us, right? Like, it is to make us seem as abnormal as everybody else. When yeah. by, by putting that prefix on there, it makes it abnormal or like a subcategory when it is the only category. Isn't that rich? Exactly. Because cisgender so-called is more than 98% of the population of planet Earth, which is currently transitioning into clown world, I should think. But I think if this isn't stop soon, Sheila, if we allow this insane progressiveness to continue in our lifetime, I think you'll see this. You'll see the men's rugby team and you'll see the women's rugby team, which is more appropriately identified as the men's rugby B team. In other words, the entire mm -hmm. roster comprised of loser men who couldn't make the male team, but could make the female team. And as a result, there is no female team. So why don't we address this once and for all? And I look at the great uh, Canadian sports coach, Linda Blade. We have male, female, and other or other. open division. We have all the trans people. I don't care if you're identifying yeah. as an Apache you know, yeah. helicopter. Women, women juicing on testosterone and men who are, um, you know, who've undergone testosterone puberty. 
Yeah. Compete in your own division. Anything goes. You know what, Sheila? I'd buy a ticket to see that. I think that could be so bad. Settle it's actually down. good because that there's the solution. Now let's implement it and let's forget about the hurt feelings of people in that community, the trans community, who I truly believe are mentally ill. That in yesterday decade when we had insane asylums, that's right, I said it, insane asylums, we put them into rubber rooms for their protection and ours. And now what do we do? We bend the knee to these mental cases? No, I think we draw the line in the sand here. Otherwise, women's sports is going to get erased. And in the meantime, biological women are going to be injured. And really, Sheila, what is it going to take a biological woman on the field that Ash Davis uses one of his trademark ambush tackles on that ends up being a paraplegic or worse, is killed because of this monster? Is that, will that move the needle or are these freaks so uh, committed to wokeism that not even that uh, will bring things back to normal. That's right. There, I, you heard it, folks. The new N word, normal. I said it. You're channeling Mark Levin there. <laughs> um, I, I, frankly, I don't care how people want to live their lives, but don't make me care. Don't yep. make me use your words. Don't uh, steal opportunities from women. Don't make me care. I don't want you to care about how I live my life. I want you to be so disinterested in how I live my life that you don't even know I exist. And I want the same thing for other people. Um, I, I should, I got a bone to pick oh, with you though, David. Sheila, what, what, one on. last thing I want to say. Um, and who cares what David Menzies or Sheila Gunn-Reed or World Rugby has to say about this? Here's something I'll point to. On YouTube, uh, this video is now over 1.1 million views yep. in about a week, uh, just on YouTube alone, folks. And I noticed there's some 20,000 comments, and I, I, you know, I scrolled down. I, I, I can't possibly read all 20,000 comments, but I read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And you know what, Sheila? Everyone is on Team Normal. I think I came across two comments where, well, you know, it wasn't really nice to confront Ash that way, or, oh, can't you be a little tolerant? But the other, you know, 19,998 comments were on the side of, this is gross and ridiculous. So yeah. what does it say about the tyranny of the minority that we all have to go along with this rubbish thanks to uh, these woke social engineers out there that can't even uh, um, uh, define what a woman is. It's pathetic, Sheila. By the way, David, I got a real problem with uh, you Ontarians identifying as Westerners. So, <laughs> <laughs> when have we ever done our, that? Stealing our opportunities out here in Alberta. Uh, so this past weekend, I was in Calgary for the Western Nationals rugby. And uh, it's usually Ontario, uh, sorry, it's usually Alberta, BC, uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. I think parts of Northern Ontario join the Manitoba team just for like ease. And then they bring in a Pacific Northwest team normally from the United States so that they get proper competition because they don't have as much of a rugby culture there as we do here. And every year without fail, it is always BC wins first in Western Nationals, then Wolfpack, that's Alberta, wins. And it's because BC, they train all year. <laughs> like they're on the grass all year, training, competing, uh, playing. So they always win and it's fine. Guess who identified as a Western team this year? Who? 
Ontario. Ontario did. And so it was uh, Alberta came in third uh, because Ontario self-identified as a Western team. Now, I get why you would want to self-identify as a Westerner, but it just it's not real. It's not real. You know, uh, (laughs) they didn't have any males on the women's squad, I hope. No, 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 no. Okay, well, none of that. None of that, but just stay on your side of the Great Lakes if you wouldn't mind. That's all I have to say. Stay over there. You know what? I think if there's any such thing as a non-binary professional sports team, Sheila, it is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Because whenever (laughs) the Eastern Division uh, loses a team, when uh, either Ottawa or Montreal again go bankrupt and aren't competing, Winnipeg plays in the East. And then when they get a replacement Ottawa or Montreal team, (laughs) they go back to the West. It's always Winnipeg. So that's all I know about actual sports teams in the professional realm being non-binary, whatever the hell that means. I was just like, why why is the Ontario team here at Western Nationals? Like, Well, what was the answer to that? Nobody could tell me. And I was like, Ontario colonizing us again. (laughs) All I could talk about the whole time was like, great. Here they are in all things, just. Blossing around Alberta. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we should get to some of these chats because yes. you and I have to record the gun show uh, oh, yes. for tonight after this. So we'll, if you want more rugby uh, trans nonsense talk, uh, watch the gun show tonight. It's uh, it's on behind the paywall. But if you want to sit through some ads, uh, we'll post it on YouTube later on in the week. Um, okay, let's get to some of these. Uh, we've got a chat that says, Hong Kong Rebels, good to see Sheila and the Menzoid on today. It's been a while, missed him. Yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? Well, uh, Wonder well, Woman Rebels. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm i a little triggered by that Hong Kong. Doesn't that mean Heil Hitler, according to at least one blackface MP, who I think is now responsible for the mental health <laughs> Portfolio. Yeah, she's the mental health portfolio. Yara Sachs. Oh, Hong Kong. Which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, (laughs) making us a laughing stock across the world for like 72 hours. Thanks, Yara Sachs. Yeah, she called it an acronym for Hail Hail Hitler, uh, even though. That's not what that word means. (laughs) That's not what that word means. Uh, then we've got uh, one from Wonder Woman Wells. Sir Menzies, I missed your face. Oh, thank you. Uh, then we've got, uh, this is a free chat, but it's, I'll, I'll explain this. Uh, Kenzie 67 says uh, to Rebel News, Sheila needs Starlink so she can get uninterrupted streaming. I have Starlink. I was one of the first people around these parts yeah. to have Starlink. I was like, when's the Starlink coming? When's the Starlink coming? We got on the wait list. I got Starlink. I think I've had Starlink for uh, over a year for sure. Um, but uh, it is uh, sometimes it's unreliable, but it's oh, it's much better than it was. Holy cow. I don't even have like landlines into my house. There's no possible way that I will ever have fiber optics in my lifetime coming past my door. Um, so this is the this is literally the best it can get. Wow, you are a real trailblazer, Sheila Gunry. Did you were you one of those people in 1977 who bought a VCR for two thousand dollars in 1977? <laughs> I was not born for two years. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> Just so you know. Just so you know, David. Uh, we've got uh, another one uh, from Kenzie67. I think this is also um, 
and not paid chat, but sometimes we read them. So this is me encouraging you to also always leave a comment. Uh, Sheila, think about this. Smoking was not a risk factor for COVID. Yeah, it totally wasn't. It was like <laughs> lifestyle related stuff, obesity, age. Uh, and when I say lifestyle related stuff, it's like the weight lifestyle related stuff. So high blood pressure, diabetes, um, kidney disease, um, all those things that come with not taking care of yourself and going to the gym. So it's a really good thing that they closed all the gyms and told you to stay home and watch Netflix. They even closed the national park trails beside me. Unbelievable. And Sheila, if I may add, uh, I think it was 2021 at the height of COVID. Uh, this is my favorite COVID and smoking anecdote. Uh, maybe I've told it before. I'm kicking myself. Uh, I was late for an appointment, so I couldn't park my car and take a photo. So you'll have to believe me, folks. I was on Young Street heading southbound towards Finch. On the other side of the road, as I was stopped at a traffic light, there were people huddled at a bus shelter. And one of the persons had the du rigueur mask on, but he had cut a slit where the mouth is and had a cigarette protruding from oh. it. So, so first of all, he's wearing useless PPE, rendered all the more useless by the fact that you vandalized it with that little opening. I know it's just a slit, but for a microbe, uh, that is the Atlantic Ocean. And secondly, you're using a product, you're ingesting a product that if used as directed, is most likely going to shorten your life and give you health complications. <laughs> but that, that was the most mad image of the pandemic that is forever etched in my mind, Sheila Gunn-Reed. For me, it was going for uh, a beer with my girlfriend, uh, Tara, and we're sitting there and the place would make you like put on a mask if you stood up to go to the washroom or whatever. <laughs> but when you were sitting down, you could take your mask off, like because COVID wouldn't get you if you were under four feet tall. I'm like, oh. do short people? I remember asking, do short people have to wear a mask? Because apparently there's a height requirement for this ride. Like, it was just like, I don't understand. Is this like a roller coaster? How does this work? Um, it was just the dumbest thing. Um, okay, let's uh, get to these last two, because otherwise I'm going to, me and Efron are going to be late for the manager's meeting, and I still have to film the gun show with you, and I think he has to operate the TriCaster on the other side. How, so come, <laughs> I, how come I'm never in this manager's meeting? David, the meetings are about you normally. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got one from ESR306. Gives us five bucks. Great to see the dynamic duo back together. If you're putting Menzies quotes back in the intro music, <laughs> may I suggest the following? Yeah, I was shocked that a couple of these were not on there. Anyways, <laughs> this is the one that I was like, why isn't this one in there? Ostensible policy reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uruguer should be in there too. Yeah. And in any event, also, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but me and Alex, uh, why, uh, we use the word uh, anyways when we're trying to wrap up somebody talking in, in the morning call. We're like, anyways, uh, that's what we're doing. That's um, usually my defense mechanism, Sheila, when I realize I said something that's a little bit risque or offside. You know? Yeah, that's why you say it a lot. <laughs> but I'm wondering if that viewer 
ESR 306. Sir, are you really Dave Shrigley? He's one of our team members. He's always uh, picking up on my menzoidisms as well. So that, that sounds like it could have come from the, uh, the iPhone of uh, Mr. Shrigley. But I, I don't know, 306 area code. I'm going to guess it's Saskatchewan. And the last one was circus fat, which true. It should be in there. And as you um, know, Sheila, uh, when it comes to Saskatchewan, I am contractually obliged not to talk don't. about anything to do with Regina. Nope. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, indeed. Um, we've got, uh, we're going to go out on a video from Alexa from over the weekend. Yes. Crazy. She went to the trans march and she was like being harassed, followed, stalked, yep. shoved. And she went to the cops and said, hey, this is what's happening to me. They didn't do anything yep. until later on they told her to get out of there. She's <laughs> yep. like, why, why did you let this escalate? Anyways, we'll show you a clip of that. We'll tease it. We're premiering it later today. So stick around. Make sure you have your um, notification bell on so you don't miss that, viewers at home. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you've got the like notifications turned on so you don't miss that. It's excellent. Um, and before we go, uh, we should send a little bit of... Uh, uh, love out to a regular viewer of our show um, mm. who watches us on Rumble um, probably could use a little bit of moral support from the Rebel universe um, it's Cat BRBA says I've been sick and will be in hospital soon oh. if I don't make it love to all my friends well um, oh boy, I hope you feel better uh, I don't know what's going on um, I'm sure we don't really need to know, but I know that uh, the Rebel Universe is definitely cheering for your quick and speedy recovery. Well, th this is news to me. I'm so sorry to hear that. And I do hope you make it. The very fact that you are a Rebel viewer means you are on the right side of history. You believe in common sense. So we need more people like you. So don't give up hope. Pull through. I want to see a new super chat for you as soon as possible. Yes. And I think that's it, David. Okay. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much. It was a blast to be back. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow, of course. I don't know with whom, but uh, thank you for tuning in. A special thank you for all of those who gave a uh, contribution. Greatly appreciated. Uh, as Sheila mentioned, we're going to leave you on the trailer. You, you're going to love this sneak peek of the transanity Alexa had to endure on in Montreal uh, this weekend. And in the meantime, as usual, stay safe and stay sane. Which age do you think that children can be allowed to take puberty blockers? I think puberty blockers, which doctors prescribe for any number of medical reasons, can be taken at any age. I mean, when do you usually hit puberty? 13, 14, 15? You can fact check me, but they were actually invented for people with precocious, I believe it's called puberty. So it was for cis children originally, and they are reversible. I don't know why people are perpetuating a lot of uh, false narratives about the research around puberty blockers and stuff. Definitely citation needed, but I do a lot of research, so, yeah. Qu'est-ce qu'on leur dit à ces enfants-là qui ont malheureusement pris des décisions trop jeunes qui étaient peut-être pas en état pour le faire? Écoutez, premièrement, ce serait le fun d'avoir des chiffres, parce qu'il y a beaucoup. Moi, c'est pas l'information que j'ai. Ça existe, oui, mais qu'il y en a beaucoup, non. Malheureusement, c'est avec quel média? Qu'est-ce que ça fait? On a besoin de le savoir. Mais on est juste ici pour faire une, quelques entrevues, madame. Euh, euh, je suis désolée. Mais, euh, des... ah, je vais terminer mon travail ici.
Je vous souhaite une belle journée. On est là pour assurer la sécurité des participants et participants. Mais je ne comprends pas la, la, la sécurité de quoi? On est un média, madame. Mais... On a vraiment l'habitude que nos propos soient distordus, que des questions pointées soient données. Et on... Par qui? Des médias de droite. Je, je suis désolée, euh, ils, me, ils me suivent partout. Euh, je ne sais pas pourquoi. Je sais faire. C'est correct. On les a suivis depuis tantôt. Ça fait à peu près une quinzaine de minutes euh, qu'ils me suivent partout, qu'ils demandent aux gens d'arrêter de me parler. Là, à un moment donné, c'est parce que ça bloque mon travail. Je suis dans une place publique. Les, j'ai le droit de questionner les gens. C'est dans mon droit. Il y a du monde qui sont mal à l'aise avec votre présence. Ça qu'on vous demanderait juste Mais de partir. Pour quelle raison? Parce qu'il y a du monde qui sont mal à l'aise avec votre présence. Combien de fois que je te... Mais, te mais pour quelle raison? Parce qu'en ce moment, on fait mais, rien de mal. Parce qu'en ce moment, mais en, je te... en même temps, vous captez des images, puis... C'est les autres médias aussi. Oui, parfait. Il ouais. y a d'autres médias. Si les gens étaient mal à l'aise, on leur demanderait de partir aussi. C'est le même... Okay, c'est même chose, la différence entre nous et eux. Bien, vous, vous rendez les gens mal à l'aise. Puis oh, eux, à okay. date, on n'a pas eu de commentaires. Enfin, on fait Chacun. juste vous demander de ne pas filmer, puis de vous en aller. Mais oui, je ne comprends pas. Votre, euh, votre euh, logique en arrière. C'est pas une logique. Pouvez-vous ne pas me toucher, s'il vous plaît? Ouais, si je suis touchée, je poursuis la personne qui c'est me parfait, touche. C'est parfait, vas-y, vas-y, fais juste pas faire des affaires. C'est juste... Moi, je suis là pour faire un reportage, pour demander l'opinion des gens. Tu peux t'en aller aussi. Mais je comprends pas. Tu peux t'en aller. Je ne fais rien de mal. On te demande de partir, Mais qu'est-ce que j'ai fait de mal? On te demande de partir, s'il te plaît. J'ai rien fait de mal, donc j'ai pas d'affaire à partir. OK, mais genre, ta présence... Donc, touch! Hey, si vous... Je l'ai dit, s'il y a quelqu'un qui nous touche... Tu peux aussi t'en aller. Tu peux aussi t'en aller. C'est de l'harcèlement. C'est de l'harcèlement que tu fais. Vous êtes en train de faire harcèlement. Insane. Pourquoi vous n'avez pas agi la première fois que je suis venue vous voir pour l'harcèlement que je subissais? Hey, écoutez, monsieur, je pense que je suis dans mon droit de vous poser des questions, hein?